will hear what thus says the Lord. God, we thank you and we praise you. It is in Jesus' name that we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. This week has been filled with a lot of traumatic situations in the lives of people. A young man purchased a handgun and the same day went to his place of employment and shot and killed six of his co-workers. He referenced that God had told him to do it. He had asked God to forgive him for what he was about to do. There are six families that are dealing with a crisis situation today. There are six families that will forever have an empty spot at the dinner table. There are six families that perhaps feel a sense of hopelessness because we're dealing with crisis every day. And I don't understand when we're going to get it when America is going to get it, the fact that we do have a gun problem. We're giving guns to people who are mentally unstable because it takes an unstable mind to be able to perpetrate what this individual did. And understand that this is not an isolated incident. This is happening on a regular now. And so it, it, it catapults us in a place of hopelessness. You cannot go outside your door with the surety that you're going to return. If it's no more than just going to the supermarket, going to your place of employment, going to a friend's house, it's for you young people going to these parties. Because there seems to be a prevailing evil spirit that is running rampant throughout our culture. I want to take a look at a situation in the Bible, the Gospel of Mark, the fifth chapter. I'm going to read a lot in your hearing this morning because I find it necessary. Mark, the fifth chapter. Say amen when you have it. Beginning at verse number one. And it reads, And they came over unto the other side of the sea, into the country of Gadareans. And when he had, was come out of the ship, Immediately there met him out of the tomb a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling amongst the tomb and no man could bind him, no, not with chains. Because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains he had plucked asunder by him and the fetters broken in pieces 
neither could any man tame him. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a voice and saying, what have we to do with thee, Jesus, thou son of the most high God? I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked, what is your, thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. And there was nigh unto the mountain a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine, that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out of and entered into the swine. And the herd ran violently down the steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine fled and told it to the city and in the country, and they went out to see what it was that was done. And they come to Jesus and see him that was possessed with a devil and had legions sitting clothed and in his right mind and they were afraid. And they that saw it told them how it befell to him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they prayed, they began to pray him to depart out of their coast. And when he was come into the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with them Howbeit Jesus suffered him not, but saith unto him, Go home to thy friends and tell how great things the Lord has done for thee and hath had compassion on thee. And he, and he departed and began to publish in Decapolis how great things Jesus had done for him. And all men did marvel. I'd like to pin for a, tech, a title for this tech. Jesus can bring hope to a hopeless situation. Jesus can bring hope to a hopeless situation. On all accounts, we can say that this man was in a hopeless situation. And I can, can probably safely say that everybody in this sanctuary and even on live stream have had some moments of hopelessness. You see, because to have hope is to have an expectation of a future blessing, of a future good things happening in our lives. When you go to bed at night, we have an expectation that we're going to wake up in the morning. 
And if God sees fit and it's by his will that we wake up in the morning, we have an expectation that we're going to make it through the day and that God is going to bring us home safely. We all have expectations. I expect to be blessed by God. I know that I don't deserve it, but the expectation is still there. I have a blessed hope that I'm going to have eternal life. That is my blessed hope. That is an assured hope. But there is a hope that we have down here on earth that is mixed with uncertainties. Because we don't really know what life is going to present us with. You you don't know what's around the corner. You, you, You don't know what's lurking in the dark down the street. You don't know what type of calamity is going to befall you. And so ultimately, we must put our hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. That no matter what comes my way, no matter what happens in my life, no matter what the evil one, the devil comes and brings upon me, God, you're going to make sure that everything is all right. And so I have this hope in Christ Jesus. But understand that everyone does not have that same hope. There are some people that are hoping in, 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 in the government and what the government can do. And far too often we put our trust in something other than what we really should be putting it in. If you have hope that the government is going to come and rescue our society, keep on hoping. If you have hope in other individuals stepping up and helping you along the way, it's a hope that is less than perfect. Why? Because who you putting your hope in is not perfect. But God is the only perfect hope that's out there. Understand that in this text, because this text has been known as Jesus healing the man of demonic presence. But this text has just as much dealing with demonic presence as it does with mental health. Because the Bible said that when they came back and seen after Jesus had cast out the demon, he was sitting clothed and in his right mind. So that tells me that he must have been in his wrong mind at one time. And mental health is something that this society will not deal with. It's something that the church does not want to deal with. But mental health is a reality. There are people who are struggling And we have that hope in Christ Jesus. It has been said that mental health is the modern day leprosy. Because just like they ostracized people with leprosy, 
We cast people aside that have mental illnesses. But the truth be told, if we, if we hold to the, 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 the professional definition of mental illness, all of us have some type of mental illness. I know I do. Did you not know that there is 240 million people who are affected by mental illness every day? And that, that, that's, that's, that's mild forms of depression. But that's the thing that the church really does not want to talk about. Because we don't want to deal with it. We want to tell them, just trust God, everything will be all right. No, that sometimes there needs to be more. God needs to work through us. God needs to use you to minister to some of these people who cannot help themselves. And so Jesus deals with mental illness as much as he does this man with the demons in him. Now understand, understand that this man was possessed by a demon. The Bible does not teach us as being Christians that we can be possessed by any demon. But what we can be is oppressed by demons. We can be afflicted by demons. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but by what? Spiritual wickedness in high places. That's right. We're wrestling with these things. We're conflicted by them. But we cast them aside. Because it, it seems as though we, we have the, the mentality, if it's out of sight, it's out of mind. Because anybody with a mental illness can easily be dismissed. And we can go on with our lives. Did you not know that this is the time of year when more people deal with mental illness than at any other time? There are more people that are hurting right now than at any other time throughout the year. There are some folk that can't get over mama's death. There's a need for us to reach out to people who are hurting. But the first thing that we must do is make sure that we're well. Because how can we make somebody else well when we're still struggling with issues ourselves? Mental illness has such a negative effect that we're ashamed to tell somebody that we're struggling with some issues. And so we suffer in silence. We dare not share it with anybody else. Why? Because we become vulnerable. But understand this, that how can you receive help if folk don't even know that you're sick? There are times that you need someone to minister to you. You cannot, I cannot figure out things all the time all by ourselves. There are times we need folk. We need people who are going to be loving, who are going to be compassionate. Because that's what the text said, that Jesus had compassion on this man. And the church needs to get back to being a compassionate church. That when we see people who are hurting, we don't just cast them aside or do away with them. 
But we confront the situation. But we confront it right. Listen, in this text, Jesus has perhaps, uh, 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 when he was on the other side of the, 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 the river, he had had a successful ministry. He was healing people of all manners of diseases. He was teaching the people. And after the day was far spent, he sent the people away and he told the disciples, let us get in the boat and go to the other side. Little did the disciples know that Jesus had an appointment on the other side. Jesus knew what he was going to be confronted with once he got on the other side. Jesus had begun to observe and notice that there were people that had all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. A physical healing, healing of Jesus was prevalent all throughout the Bible. But here in this one case, we see that Jesus deals with a man who had a mental condition. After going across the Sea of Galilee, Jesus quieting the storm because the storm had arose. And if the disciples thought that that storm was bad, little would they realize that once they got on the other side, the storm that they would be facing. Understand the storm of mental illness is swirling in our culture and in our society. And we fail to deal with it adequately. And moreover, the church has turned this back on it. Many of, many of us in here deal with it. Many of us are hurting. Many of us have got to the place where we're, we're to the end of our rope. And God has sent somebody to encourage your heart. And God will do that. And that's what we are here as the church. That we are the ones that are the ones that should be encouraging people. Letting them know that there is hope in your hopeless situation. Look here, it says, it says, as soon as they got out of the boat, that this man met them. It's almost that Jesus had set up an appointment with this man. Much in the same way that he did in the Gospel of John, the fourth chapter, with the woman at the well. Jesus said, I must need go through Samaria. Much in the same way, Jesus said that, let us go over to the other side. He had an appointment with this man. He knew this man's condition. He knew that this man had become an outcast, that he had become forsaken. Let's, let's look at this text from a cultural perspective. This is a man who has taken up his residence in the cemetery amongst the tombs, which lets me know that he was a social outcast, that no one really wanted to deal with him. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong, they tried to, but they were incapable. Why? Because they were using the wrong method. And that's what we're guilty for in our society today, because we want to give medicine to everybody. And for everything. Understand that there are some mental illness that comes because of spiritual lackness. You lack the Holy Spirit's governance. He wants to dominate your life. He wants to direct your life. And when you get away from that, 
When you can devoid yourself away from God, you're susceptible to anything. When, when, when you won't let the peace of God guard your heart and your mind, you're susceptible to anything. That's what the scriptures tell us to do. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We're to have the mind of Christ. But you can only have the mind of Christ is if you learn of Christ. If you digest his word, if you consume his word. Because when you consume God's word, you are no longer governed by your own perception. But you're governed by what God's word says. You're not even governed by what you see or what you even may feel. But the final authority is in the word of God. And so he, he, he finds this man living in the tomb. He had been socially outcast. His family had not, didn't want anything to do with him. This is the guy that, that, that was not invited to Thanksgiving dinner this year. You knew that it was going to be a mess if he showed up or she showed up. And so we, we try to keep them hidden away that we might be able to enjoy ourselves. But this is not what Jesus did. Look at here. Jesus went and looked for this man. He searched this man out. He was an outcast. But Jesus deals with the issue. He deals with the perpetrator rather than the person. Because Jesus asked him, what is your name? Understand that this man is unnamed throughout the Bible. And I'm pretty certain that this is the demon speaking because I don't think anybody would name their son Legion. And so the, the demons speak up for this man. He said, we are legions. Which means that we are many. A legion was at least 5,000 soldiers. And another 100 uh, uh a horseman that was a, consist of a legion this man had no less than 500 demons that was living within him talk about multiple personality disorders a thousand demons it's in a hopeless situation how, how can he ever escape this his only rationale is that I'm just going to hang out with the dead folk. But before you judge him, think about how many dead folk you're hanging out with. Think about how many dead situations you're, you're dealing with. The ideology here is that, that, that if I hang out with dead folk, when I die, I'm already at home. The people left him there. They were content. Why? Because he was away from them. They didn't have to deal with it. 
As a matter of fact, they tried to make his situation worse because they tried to bind him. But what this tells us is that, 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 that you are no match for Satan in your own strength, in your own wisdom. Whereas the world tries to, 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 to bind us and put us in bondage with pills, with medication. Now understand, don't get me wrong, I think that there are some medications that is good that works along with your faith. I'm not, I'm not getting, getting away from that. But let's not lose focus of what the real healing comes by, and it comes by Jesus Christ. My problem is when people medicate themselves, and that's all that they do. Because understand that prescription medication ain't the only medication people use. There are some people who are drug addicted, who are addicted to alcohol, who are addicted to eating. You ever heard the term comfort food? There's some people that can't deal with reality, so they just eat that they might be able to be comfortable. And so what is, what's binding you? Is it Jesus? As it should be? Or have you got something to just pacify you? Jesus came to free them, this man. Listen here, the interesting thing that, have, that I'm seeing in this, which tells us that there may be some multiple personalities going on here, it said that when he saw Jesus, he came and he worshipped him. And I looked up that word worship in the Greek. Do you know what that word worship in the Greek means? It means he worshipped him. Plain and simple. He came and he worshipped him. This is the first clue that we had, that this man was crying out for help. And understand that there's some people around you that are crying out for help. They're giving you some clues and letting you know, listen, I'm hurting in this area. Don't ignore it. Jesus asked, what's your name? He said, Legion. And then look at the demons. They have the nerve to pray to Jesus. They got the nerve to ask Jesus or make a request of Jesus, saying, don't send us out of this country. Send us into these pigs that's over there. Like Jesus is to obey their commands. But Jesus said, well, hey, if that's what you want, have at it. Now, this is no condemnation on the pigs. Somebody should have gave a shout right there. <laughs> Pigs are still good to consume. Just don't have so much of it. But even the pigs understood the vileness of these demons. Because these pigs chose death over a demonic presence. These pigs ran down a hill and drowned themselves rather than being possessed by these demons. Cannot tolerate this. 
And whether you know it or not, there is still demon possession that's going on to this day. There's still some folk that, that have some demonic presence about themselves. You can see it in their eyes. You can hear it in their voice. You can witness it in their actions. It takes a demonic presence to do some of the things that some people do. And so when the people who were tending the, the pigs saw what had happened, they ran back to the town to let them know what had happened. Understand that they really did not really, were not concerned about the man being healed. They were concerned about the property being lost. And anytime you put property over people, then you got a problem. Anytime you put an animal over a person, you got a problem. I'm going to come home right now. Anytime you put your pet over a human being, we got a problem. Because it's, it's humans that God breathed the breath of life into. It is human that became a living soul. It is human that is God's most prized possession. So why are you fretting over 2,000 pigs that got drowned in the sea as opposed to one man that's been delivered? Listen, I, I, I'm thinking about how, how, how when one person comes and gives their life to Jesus Christ, it says that all of heaven rejoices in that one that has come. Those people should have been celebrating with Jesus and celebrating with this man that he had been healed from the demonic presence, but yet still they're concerned about the money. They're concerned about the possessions. Don't you know that God can take every possession you have away from you and won't even blink an eye? Be careful what you put your hopes in. We see where their hope was at. But when the town heard, instead of them coming and being celebratory and celebrating this man's deliverance, they walked up and they seen it with their own eyes. This man who was possessed by a demon, this man that was creating havoc in their communities, this man that was going about and they were fearful of, that they tried to bind, is now set free. And he's sitting and he's clothed. And he's in his right mind. God has given him peace. God has given him a new lease on life. God has taken his hopeless situation and brought hope. He has something to look forward to. And that's what Jesus wants to do for us. He wants to give us that blessed hope where we have something to look forward to. Yes, I know mama gone. I know sister gone. I know that auntie gone. I know grandma is gone. But there's still hope. And the Bible tells us that we are not to grieve like we have no hope. We have hope in Christ Jesus. And he comes to give us that hope, that blessed hope. 
Understand that I can't live without that blessed hope. That hope that Jesus gives to me. Because there was an awesome price paid for that hope. Jesus gave his life for our hope. Because regardless of what happens to us down here on earth, we got the other side to look forward to. We, we, we got all of heaven to look forward to. Yeah, you may be able to, 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 to strike me on this side, Satan. I know that. I know that you may be able to harm this body. But I'm fearing the one that, that, that can kill the body and cast my soul in hell. I honor the Lord Jesus Christ because he gave his life that I might be able to have this hope. Look at, look at, look at this man. He's in his right mind now. And the first thing that he wants to do is to serve Jesus. He wants to sit at the feet of Jesus. He wants to continue to learn from Jesus. He wants to understand where this blessed hope came from. He wants to understand all of this. And he prays to Jesus. Now look at here. The, the, the demons prayed to Jesus. And he said, yes, go into the pigs. But here this man who has been delivered. Prays and asks Jesus, let me come with you. And Jesus tells him no. And the reason why Jesus tells him no. Is because Jesus realized that he can be more help. Amongst the people who are, cast him away. When he goes back and he begins to testify of what Jesus and was a living example of what Jesus had done for him. They, 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 they could testify that this was the man that was out of his mind. And now he's here feeding us with bread from heaven. Because that's what God comes to do. He comes to take the one that, that is the worst off. That outcast. That one that no one wants to deal with. And turn them into preachers and missionaries. And let the world know that if God did it for me, he can certainly do it for you. All of us are living testimonies of the goodness of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Is there anybody here that's glad what the Lord has done for you? And if you're glad, you ought to tell somebody. You ought to shout from the mountaintop of what God has done for you. Where he's brought you from. Why? Because Jesus paid it all. He gave his very life for us. He gave his life that we might be in our right minds. That we might be able to have the mind of Christ. He suffered, bled, and died on an old rugged cross 2,000 years ago. He gave his life for us. Buried in the tomb. But on the third day, he rose with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. Paul want to get your mind right. Stay steadfast and unmovable in the work of the Lord. Jesus died. He came to bring hope to our hopeless situation. And if you have a hopeless situation, Jesus wants to fix it for you. All it takes is your faith in him, your trust in him, your dependence upon him. He wants to do it. He's going away. He's making intercession for you right now. Jesus is praying right now for us. But oh, he's coming back again. He's coming back for a church that is busy about his work. Will you be that church? He's coming back again to set up his kingdom on earth. There's hope in a hopeless situation. Please stand to your feet.
If you're feeling hopeless this morning, if you feel that you need a new start, a new lease on life, I encourage you to come down.